0: Ahoy! This is the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Thursday, August 19, 2021. I'm your host, the practicing podcaster tour Rich Grimshaw, here to do my podcasterification in a most refined, entertaining, and engaging manner, and in the hopeful sense that I will add wit somewhere along the way. A bit of errata from yesterday's show, I talked about The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, and that was so wrong. The real title is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey came to me last night in a dream and brought that to my attention, so there's that. According to NationalToday.com, today is World Photo Day, the day we celebrate the French government purchasing the patent for the daguerreotype process. Reading from NationalToday.com, Louis Daguerre was born on november eighteenth, seventeen eighty seven in Paris, France. His family was middle class, and he grew up during a time of great political upheaval with the turmoil that was the French Revolution. In eighteen hundred, despite having a limited formal education, he was a natural artist and at thirteen he became apprenticed to an architect where he learned the hands on where he learned hands on the mechanics of the art and the science of designing structures. This created the foundation for his understanding of how objects were built. Just four years later, Daguerre moved to Paris to study and practice scene painting for the opera. In the early 1820s, Daguerre made a breakthrough. He and his fellow collaborator invented giant, translucent paintings illuminated to simulate movement and other effects, and it was known as the diorama. Crowds would gather and watch these displays of landscapes and colors, but in the next decade he fell onto hard times and lapsed into bankruptcy because of the costliness of his invention. Daguerre had known Josef Nikofori <laughs> butchered that name, Joseph. He, he knew Joe, who had produced the world's first permanent photograph in 1825 to incorporate into his dioramas. Joe died in 1833, and Daguerre continued experimenting with photography in his dioramas. After combining chemicals and silver, silver plates, he came up with the Daguerreotype process and patented it in 1839 as a, quote, gift to the world, unquote. After this bold union, photography continued to evolve and capture moments of our lives. In 2010, professional photographer Korski Ara, founded World Photo Day to inspire people to take photos that mean something to them. I think I s- said before on our podcast that I started learning photography after graduating high school in Montville, New Jersey. I bought my first camera from my high school graduation funds and uh, took a lot of 35 millimeter Kodachrome slides and then learned black and white during college. So i I was drawn to photography at an early age, and I'm still drawn to it, and I think even more these days towards video because it's so accessible. But I appreciate good photography, and I I enjoy looking at it. So thank you, Monsieur Daguerre, for your pioneering work that has enriched my life and the lives of so many other people. Today's word is defenestration, spelled D-E-F-E-N-E-S-T-R-A. T-I-O-N, defenestration is a noun that means a throwing, <laughs> a throwing of a person or a thing out of a window, or a usually swift dismissal or expulsion as from a political party or office. This was Merriam-Webster's word of the day for yesterday, and, and I love it. I recognized the term the word fenestration from architecture. It means windows or openings. So I was curious when I saw this word. Does does defenestration mean take windows out of something? Well no, it doesn't. It means throw things out of a window. <laughs> Let's read from Merriam Webster. It says, these days, defenestration is often used to describe the forceful removal of someone from public office or from some other advantageous position. History's most famous defenestration was one in which the tossing out of the window was quite literal. On May 23rd, of 1618, two imperial regents were found guilty of violating certain guarantees of religious freedom. As punishment, they were thrown out the window of Prague Castle. <laughs> just threw them out the window. They survived the fifty-foot tumble into the moat, but the incident, which became known as the Defenestration of Prague, marked the beginning of the Bohemian resistance to Habsburg rule that eventually led to the Thirty Years' War. <laughs> well, I'm just—I'm interested in the fact that they really threw people out the window. That sounds like a fraternity joke gone bad. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) But it's a good word, defenestration. Five syllables. Five. So try using that in the lyrics of your next rap song, why don't you? Oh, let's continue. Today's birthday is for Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, who was born on this day in 1967 in India. Reading from onthisday.com. He succeeded Steve Ballmer as CEO way back in 2014. That was um, seven years ago now, and he's only 53 years old, so that would have made him 46 when he ascended the throne of Microsoft. Young man. I can't imagine having the talent to run a company like Microsoft, something that vast with all those people and all those personalities Keeping your head and your wits about you and and charting a course for that, that behemoth, that juggernaut. No, I can't imagine it. So, good for you. Good for you, Satya. Happy birthday. By the way, I did not send a card. Yesterday, I promised to take a look into a book that I have on writing and try to find something similar to what Matthew Dix was ranting about on writing predictable and boring prose. And I think that I have the book that I was thinking of. It's called How to Write Short, and it's written by Roy Peter Clark. According to Wikipedia, the free multilingual open collaborative online encyclopedia created and maintained by a community of volunteer contributors using a wiki-based editing system, Roy is an American writer, editor, and teacher of writing who has become a writing coach to an international community of students journalists and writers he is also senior scholar and vice president of the Poynter, 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 pointer 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 p o i n t e r pointer institute for media studies a journalism think tank in st petersburg florida and he's the founder of the national writers workshop clark has appeared on several radio and television talk shows speaking about ethics in journalism and other writing issues yeah 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 well, in chapter 16 of his book, he goes into the same rant as Matthew Dix did. Don't be predictable. Be unpredictable. And here are some examples. Wait, I've got this book right here. Okay. Um, One more drink and I'd have been under the host, which was written by Dorothy Parker. She tweaks the predictable phrase under the table and says under the host, which is an entirely different meaning. So good. That's unpredictable. Here's another one. Moderation is a fatal thing. Nothing succeeds like excess, which was written by Oscar Wilde in A Woman of No Importance. Notice how this variation in the final word enhances the hit the, hit the target move. The author not only lands on the last word, but transforms it. Here's another by Gypsy Rose Lee. God is love, but get it in writing. In this case... The famous burlesque queen takes a familiar religious phrase, but does not end it in the predictable place, adding to faith a bit of mischievous skepticism. Stephen Wright said, Curiosity killed the cat, but for a while I was a suspect. (laughs) And I love Stephen Wright. I love his delivery, too. And Bill Lyons, sports columnist, said, If at first you don't succeed, find out if the loser gets anything. So there's some examples. Be unpredictable. That's that's the essence of the message that I think both Matthew and Roy were trying to say. Deliver something unknown. Deliver something unpredictable. Because if it's boring, people tune out. And that's a really good rule for those like me who are practicing the art and craft of podcasting. If I cannot be boring, then I'm good. As Glenn the Geek and as Dave Jackson would say... Don't be boring. Oh, let's see. That's, yeah, that's all for today. Let's wrap it up. Let's stick a fork in it because it's done. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.